Welcome to Tabernacle of Praise, Church of God in Christ, where we believe in encouraging, empowering, and equipping people to live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us now as we enter into our worship experience. We pray that this service will be a blessing to you and your life. solicit your prayers because I think I've got more word in front of me than I've got time. I know that you all have plans. And so I solicit your prayers so that hopefully what I have to say doesn't interfere with what you have to do. I'd like to direct your attention to the word of the Lord according to the book of Romans. In chapter 8, a familiar passage of Scripture, beginning at verse 26 through verse 20, 31, and then going back to Genesis to tie it in, Genesis 2, verses 6 through 8. Romans 8, 26. When you have it, say amen. I invite you to read along with me if you choose. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he might be the firstborn of many among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. To whom he called, them also he justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, if God be for us, who shall be against us? Genesis 2, verses 6 through 8. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. There he put the man that he had formed. I'd like to take a thought from verse 8 there, but also for from verse 30 where it says, Moreover whom he did predestinate, them also he called, and whom he called, he justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. 
would you just let somebody know next to you by just saying to them, God has a definite purpose for your life. God has definite purpose for your life. You're not here by incident, by happenstance, or by mistake. God had a plan, has a plan for you to be here. And it's important to him that that plan be fulfilled. Let's pray. We're a great God that you are. We come with thanksgiving, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being able to stand before this august body of people. We ask, Lord, now that you would have your way in us and through us. God, is not enough to hear the word of God, but pray, oh God, that we would become doers of the word. So ultimately, oh God, we might be able to realize the kind of blessing that is in store for each and every one of us. God, you've called us with a holy calling. You've justified us and predestinated us to be here. And it's all because you have a plan for our lives. We pray, God, that you enable us, oh God, to become subordinate to your will, not be engaged in our own will, oh God, so that ultimately we might see the glory of the Lord be revealed in our own lives. And for this, God, we give you praise right now in the name of Jesus, because we know that you're on the job. We know you're working it out. You said in your word, oh God, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. And so we ask that you would take control now. Have your way in us and through us. Bless us and we'll bless you back. We'll let the world know what a great God you are. In Jesus' name we pray. We say thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. May I have your seats. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 8 here, it says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And I needed to draw this in simply because today was Father's Day, and I wanted to make sure that if anybody got this, the men got it. There he had put a man whom he had formed. First of all, God didn't put or place the man in the garden until he had prepared the man for the place. And I want to talk to you about the preparatory process that it takes for us to go through in order to become what God has predestined for us to be. For some of us, we don't quite understand this because it takes preparation in order to get you to where God wants you to be. We live in a day and time in this generation which is somewhat of a, a now generation with this premature attitude of wanting everything in life right now. Everything has to be quick. Nothing is fast enough. We need more of what we want and we want it now. 
I could go on and on about the mindset of the generation that has has actually infiltrated the church where we're expecting that God is going to do everything that we're expecting whatever whoever is doing stuff out in the world to do but but I need to let you know that God doesn't work under the world's standard and situation our previous generation the generation, one of these generations I'm familiar with, I'm part of it, but I'm even talking about the generation before me. They face life differently. I recall how far, when I think about them, and I think about where we are now, how far technology has come. Our previous generation, and I want to use just for a quick example, and I'll try to get on and move about the business, the, the telephone, for example. Our, our previous generation was just glad to get a telephone. And when the rotary dial phone first came out, I am speaking over some people's head right now, because you have never, ever seen a rotary dial telephone. The folk that had the rotary dial telephone when it first came out, they really thought they were somebody. However, when they got ready to use it, they had to be absolutely sure of the number of which they were dialing. Because if you put your finger in the wrong hole and dialed, you would not get the person that you were expecting to get, and you'd have to start all over. And it got to the point to where the rotary dial wasn't fast enough. So the telephone company had to come out with, with push buttons. And then that wasn't fast enough. They had to upgrade to speed dial. And now it's so fast now that you can call all the way across the country. Because remember, when, we, when it first came out, you could hear, seem like the operator on the other end of the line dialing the phone. It would go. But now you don't hear no sound. Just ringing. It's just getting faster and faster. And in life, everything has to be fast. We want success fast. We want careers fast. We want great marriages fast. God bless you with that. We want great children fast. Everything has to be fast. We don't want to wait for anything. We don't want to give anything time. Everything has to be quick. Hallelujah. We're living life quick. We get in and we get out and, 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 and we get it over with. We want it quick. We want it in a hurry. Everything must be rushed. Why does everything have to be rushed? You just get in, get out, get in, get out, and then you just, after that, you just die. <laughs> What are you in a big hurry for? Just think about it. When you, get, when you get through rushing through life, you just slide right into the grave. And it's over. Just shut up. But we are in a big hurry to get there. 
However, the truth of the matter is when it comes to God, God doesn't care how big of a hurry you're in. God realizes that where he's getting ready to take you and what he is taking you to, it takes preparation. And preparation takes time. And when he says here that uh, in verse 7, and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, it becomes important for us to bear in mind that God was only working with dirt in the first place. And it takes a little time. I don't know how many of you have ever played with dirt and tried to make something. It takes a little time. It takes diligence. It takes patience. Because you'll be forming something. There's only a few of you that have ever tried to do a castle on the beach or whatever. It takes time and as things fall off and you have to put it back and you have to fix it. And so I want to talk to you about a few things that God has to do in route to our fulfilling the purpose and the plan that he has for our lives. And it becomes vital, uh, important that we understand preparation. That God is preparing us. And the process sometimes in preparing us is painful. It also involves stuff that we really don't want God to do and that's reveal because but if he's going to prepare you he's got to reveal to you and sometimes it's revealed to others the stuff that can't go with you he has to deal with the debris in your life the inconsistencies in our lives and it takes time Preparation takes years. God may have to spend three years, five, ten years of your life just preparing you to go to the next step. And, and, and allow me to just kind of cut to the chase right here and just say to you because many times we want uh, to come into the church. We want to come and get saved. And have somebody lay hands on us and speak in tongues over us. And then we want to go away thinking that after getting saved, having somebody pray for you, lay hands on you, put oil on you, speak in tongues over you, now you're prepared. Uh, that's not how it goes. Preparing you is critical. It's a process that takes a while. Believe me, it takes longer to prepare a meal than it does to eat it. Preparation is a process that deals with areas in our lives that, that expose personality defects, areas of distrust and dislike, intimidations in your life, areas such as childhood issues and traumas and scars and burdens and flaws that, are, that, that take place in our life. And sometimes it takes a while for us to be able to overcome mentally all the things that we have actually been through. But it's crucial to your spiritual growth and development. And, 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 and you know, I, I've come uh, as a result of living as long as I have. Uh, I've come to understand and know, and certainly in this position, it takes people, different people, different amounts of time to grow up. Just raising my children 
and fathering them taught me some things. When I first got started, I thought that all you had to do was birth them, feed them, clothe them, educate them, and then you were through. I didn't realize that 18 means nothing. 24 means nothing. Even 30 means nothing. And if I can be honest, after looking at my own life, 40 may not reveal all the things that need to be revealed before you come into the full stature of being ready. And I was thinking about my own self that anybody else would have given up on me a long time ago. But God, who is rich in mercy, Hallelujah. Praise be to God. I know who I'm talking to somebody else beside me that you are grateful that God didn't give up on the project. But he is still working with you. He's still dealing with you because there's something down on the inside that needs to come out and God needs to make sure that it happens. And God has such a purpose for our lives and so committed to the project, even assuming the responsibility of your development, uh, that he continues to work with you where your parents left off, where your parents quit. When your parents stopped doing, God didn't stop. He kept on going because he was dedicated to bringing out of you what he had placed on the inside of you to get you to everything that he had purposed for you to become so that ultimately, glory to God, the, what, the, the intrinsically what he had placed on the inside of you is now going to be birthed out of you. He is going to take you from preparation and put you into the place to where you can serve him but also be blessed by him. And to understand down to every man, down to every woman, that we are still a work in progress. Just touch somebody who thought they had it all together and just tell them, you still a work in progress. What church people ought to do is ought to get a sign, hallelujah, that, that, that says, be patient with me. God is not through with me yet because I am under construction. And I should get an amen right here because if you hire me, you have to know that. If you marry me, you have to know that. If I'm your father, you have to know that. If I'm your child, you have to, to know that we're just a work in progress, that he's not through with me yet. How long is it going to take? I don't know. I don't know, and don't let anybody tell you that they know how long it's going to take. It's a funny thing that folks will try to rush you through your process while they meander through their own. 
And I'm not talking about these little nice, neat things that, that like a little chink in your armor and stuff like that. No, no, no. I'm talking about stuff that undermines and under, uh, 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 that, that thwarts the process that, that God would have in your life to bring you to a place of success. The stuff that delays your progress. The issues that you struggle with. And for some of us, glory to God, hallelujah, we try to camouflage and hide folk from folk, the real deal on us. But once people get to know you, hallelujah, some folk will give up on you because they're not committed to forming you. I wish I could teach this to every married couple. I wish I could teach every married couple that once, because we go through this format, it's written and we just follow the format. When we get to the end of, of the vows and stuff like that, we say, I now pronounce you husband and wife. And let me just apologize for the misconception. <laughs> because you're going to leave and go on a honeymoon and then you're going to come home with that. And after that point, you get down to the building blocks of what turns her into a real wife and what turns you into a real husband. And it's going to take some time. It doesn't happen automatically. Glory to God. And, and, and you come, they come back to church and you say, you stand them up in church and they are husband and wife. No, they're not. They are man and woman. The next 10 years, the next 15 years will be instrumental if they can manage to stay together, Lord God, so that they undergo the metamorphosis that takes place in order for them to go from man and woman to husband and wife. But God is committed to the process. The Bible says that God formed man from the dust of the ground. Do you realize what God had to work with when he made you. Do you know the tools that he had to use in order to get you even to the place where you are right now? Because you haven't always had the mind that you have right now. And sometimes we're thinking we did this on our own. No, you didn't. If the devil had his way, Gloria, you wouldn't have come anywhere near this place. He would have killed you in your sin. You've been crazy and crippled somewhere. Hallelujah. But God, hallelujah, dispatched angels. And, and because of he had an investment there and put something down on the inside of you that he would later withdraw, he was committed to you. That everything that you confront is shaping you in some way, some form, some fashion. It's altering you. Hallelujah. You, we, we talk about the word, let this mind be in you, that was also in Christ Jesus. It doesn't come because you automatically want it to come. It comes because God puts you through a process that starts to change your mind because he knows the only way he'll change your behavior is he has to change the way that you think. And that the pushings 
and the indentations and the changes that you go through that make you uncomfortable or necessary, hallelujah, in order for God to form you into what he wants you to be. And, and, and I don't mean experiences like somebody cut you off in traffic and you got mad. I mean, God uses stuff like just when you thought that you were on your way up, you lose your job. Hallelujah. Just when you thought the one that you love the most would always be there, they're gone. God takes them away. He allows the enemy to, to cause them to pass on or something like that. It breaks your heart when somebody walks out on you. But let me let you know that that is not the end. Just because somebody walks out, hallelujah, it just means that God is getting ready to step in because he says in his word, when mother and father forsake you, then the Lord will take you up. I mean, you know, you coming to your wit's end. Uh, the times when you have so much going on in your life and the, and the weight of, of the cares and concerns of this life are so heavy that you don't feel like getting out of bed. I mean those things that hit you in your life. Uh, hallelujah. Glory to God. As though somebody was trying to kill you and somehow, somehow you survived. Somehow you made it. Somehow, hallelujah, you are saying to yourself, glory to God, how in the world did I make it this far? Under normal circumstances, the normal person would have died. They would have committed suicide. But I'm still giving God the praise. It's because God wasn't trying to kill you. God was just trying to shape you into his image. And we are so rebellious by nature. We are so stubborn and ill-willed. We are so cynical, hallelujah, and unbelieving that if life doesn't push us real hard, if life doesn't sucker punch us, sometimes we won't even move. If we would only be able to submit to the word of God and do what the Bible instructs us to do, hallelujah, glory to God, we could cut down on the forming and the process by years. Because the word tells us, it tells us where God is going. It tells us in advance what it is that he wants to do. And the one thing that we should always bear in mind, that the Lord says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Thoughts of peace and not evil. To bring you to an expected end. Not yours. My expected end. I know what my plan is for you. And I just need for you to work with me. Don't fight against me. Work with me. The word doesn't come to tell us what you are. You are not what we're preaching. I'm not what I preach. The folk that wrote this Bible were not what they were writing. The word tells us of the plan of God. That, that he is the architectural designer of where he wants each of us to end up. 
And the more we get the word of God on the inside of it, that's why uh, I, I can't quite understand church people that don't like church. <laughs> faith people that don't like to read the Bible. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. The word of God. How do you get faith without this? How can you hear except there be a teacher or preacher? See, most of the church doesn't want to hear the truth of the gospel. They like talking about ideals and concepts. But the reality is that the word reveals to us what the master's plan is. And the problem and the adversities in life, they begin to whip us into God's plan. That's why the word encourages us to despise not the chastenings of the Lord. Because you won't form, you won't, you, you won't do what God wants you to do all by yourself. It's not in our nature. God has to help us to do what's right. And how fast you decide that I'm going to do it God's way, the sooner you'll come up to the next step and the next level in God. And the longer you keep thinking that I'm a Burger King baby and I am going to have it my way, the longer the process is going to take for you to come around. It, it, it takes some time, you know, I don't know. Three years for us to give up on some relationships that we know that we shouldn't have been in in the first place. I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just preaching. I've got notes. Take five years to stop feeling sorry for yourself about mistakes that you made. All of us make mistakes. I got one more. This is Father's Day. Sometimes it takes about 10 years for us to stop going back and fiddling and playing into the toy chest of our past. Men will understand that. You might not. And all the while, God is saying, stop it. God's saying, stop doing that. You know better. You know that's going to drive you any closer to me. You know that's almost going to kill you. And you say, I know. I, I, I know, I know that I should be doing better. And still going back and doing the same stuff that you know that you have no business doing. I'm going to let you, I'm going to leave you alone. Because finally the light bulb comes on. After the devil has beat you down long enough the light bulb comes on and you get this epiphany glory to God and you speak like the apostle Paul and say I'm forgetting those things which are behind me and I'm reaching forth unto those things which are before I press and God says I was trying to tell you that 20 years ago and, and what I'm going to, 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 to get you to see and to think and to understand is that God formed Adam from the dust of the ground. 
And I think that metaphorically, we understand what that means to us, but I'm not sure that we understand the instruments that God has to use, glory to God, in order to bring us through certain crises. And that he would have to use those crises that you confront. And if you would just heed to the word of God, that sooner or later you'd come out of them. But many times we are so distracted in some kind of way or another. We go to church, but we really don't hear the word of God. And I don't mean through the ear gate, I mean through in the spirit. Or we hear the word of God, shout about it, but we refuse to do it. So when we don't respond to the word of God, the way that God wants us to respond to the word of God, then he has to bring circumstances in our lives that push us. Because many of us, and I don't know you per se, not all of you anyway, are so strong-willed that even when things don't go right, you make the decision to keep doing it the wrong way. Anyway. Somebody just shout, we just committed to messing up. That way you don't have to make it personal. You can involve everybody. How many times do you have to keep getting tied up with the wrong person? How many? I'm going to get to, I'm not going to leave you there. I promise I'm not going to leave you there. We're going to stay right here until I get you through this. But I had to touch on some of this stuff because if I don't touch on it, you'll think that you're cool. <laughs> How many times will you allow your temper to fly off the handle and you say something that you have to regret later? And now you got to go and try to fix it. And then we got some of us that have a very difficult time using the words, I'm sorry. And so you'll, you'll try to buy something to say, I'm sorry. And then just keep doing it. Newsflash, the longer that you resist God, the longer you're going to be in the place that you're in. And so I realized this, and so rather than try to make this about everybody else, I decided I'll make it personal. And so my prayer is, Lord, what am I supposed to learn out of this? So that I don't make the same stupid mistake again. What do I need to learn and know about me? that I didn't know? What do I need to know about people that I didn't know? What do I need to know about you that I didn't know? Help me to figure this out so that I don't flunk this course that you've got me going through and end up having to take this class all over again. Cause I didn't like the class the first time. 
if it was left up to me, I would have never taken the class. You told me it was a requirement, so I had to take it. Help me to get through the preparatory process and not be held back from the blessings of God and the purpose and the plan of God that you have for me. And if you're going to, to work with anybody, people, in any capacity, you've got to know this about people going in. That all of us are work in process. I don't care who you are, you're still a work in progress. Forget about what the advertisement says or the commercial says. Because all of them make it look like you're real nice and you're really neat. I don't care what you drove up here in. I don't care what you're wearing. I don't care who your friends are. I don't care what university that you matriculated from. You are still a work in progress. I've been doing this long enough now, I know. And over a period of time, you're going to see some things that are protruding that need to be leveled. Some things that are leveled that need to be raised. Some things that are hollow in your life that need to be filled. Because everybody in here has something hollow that needs to be filled. Everybody in here has something protruding that, that needs to be leveled. Some arrogance, some pride, some ego, some puffed up disposition that makes you feel like you are more than you really are. And it needs to be flattened. Once God had prepared the man, the Bible says that once he prepared him, then he planted him in a garden eastward in Eden. The second thing that God did is that after he had planted the man, prepared the man, he planted him in a garden. And what that says to me is that after I prepare you, I'm going to plant you in a place of blessing. I don't take you through the process just so that I can inflict pain on you, glory to God, and you be conformed into my image, and then that's it, that there's nothing for you. No, no, no. No, once I finish forming you, I'm getting ready to put you in a place where you are a blessing and you can be a blessing. I can't get no help. What does it mean to plant? To plant means to bury the seed in the ground beyond human view so that, that you might grow, that you might germinate, that you ultimately might be able to produce life. And so in God's architectural design for your life, God has planted blessings. We might not be able to see it, but God has planted blessings. You can't give up on life because you don't see it. God has planted blessings. Just because you walk out into a field and you don't see any crops yet doesn't mean that the seeds aren't hidden in the ground. Planted blessings beneath the dirty stuff. God has planted blessings in your life that have not come up yet. And it's amazing that God 
would, would, would take the time and go through the necessary trouble when he could have spoken certain things into existence. The creator of the universe has taken time and taken great care. Look, when God in creation, when you go back and read Genesis, everything that he created, he created by the power of his word. He just spoke it by faith and it became. When it came to this garden, Eastwood and Eden, and to man, he didn't speak them. He took the time to shape them, to make them. And, and, and what God does is, is be, he begins to work on each and every one of us. He puts something intrinsic down on the inside of us. That's why the word of God says that, 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 this, that this, 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 uh, this treasure that we have in earthen vessels are not of us but is of God so that God might get the glory. And we can't afford to abort the process because the treasure is on the inside and in the, pre in the process of time, uh, the treasure is going to come out so that you and others might be benefited by it. And you need to know that God has stuff planted in you. Uh, this is for somebody. God has stuff planted in you that has not been revealed yet but he says to you that eyes haven't seen ears haven't heard neither has it entered into the hearts of men the thing that God has in store for them that's, that, that loves him and I want to let you know that I know that while you may not be all that you shall be we ought to praise God for being, but not being what we used to be. Sometimes we forget to celebrate success. Sometimes we forget to celebrate. I made it from one stage to the next stage. Let's have a celebration. Uh, hallelujah. So that when we get to the next stage, we'll know what to do. And sometimes all it takes for someone to be encouraged is for someone else to recognize that there is some gift, some talent, some ability, some anointing, some blessing, hallelujah, that has not come up yet, but it's in there. And first of all, uh, I want to come today to reinforce uh, our faith uh, and tell you if God said it, if God planted it, it will come up. They didn't hear me that well on that side. I said, if God planted it, if God said it, hallelujah, you just hang in there and wait on God uh, because he, uh, glory to God, that has begun a good work in you shall perform it uh, until the day of Jesus Christ. Secondly, it fascinates us that, that someone would believe in us before we get to the place of prominence, before we get to the place of blessing, and I'm here as your cheerleader. I'm here as your coach. I'm here to tell you because God has said it, I believe in you. 
because I believe in what God said. See, anybody will get with you after you show up. Hallelujah. After you become all that God has, has promised that he would, you would be, after the blessing is all on you and the anointing is there for everybody to see, anybody will get with you. Believe me, when you come into your season, everybody will get with you. Everybody will come. Everybody will become your relative. <laughs> Friends that you never saw before will come out of the woodwork. What you really need, though, is somebody that will go with you that'll support you, that'll be there with you. Hallelujah, that'll be a, a hand on your shoulder. Glory to God, a, a head to, or to, to cry on. Glory to God, shoulder to cry on. When you're going through the process, when you're becoming what God intended for you to be, you're not there yet, but you're on your way. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, there's a blessing on you that hasn't come up yet. Hallelujah. There are talents uh, that haven't come up yet. Uh, glory to God. There are dreams uh, that haven't manifested themselves yet. Uh, there's an anointing on you. Uh, hallelujah. That hasn't uh, fully developed. Uh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, how do I know it? Uh, I know it because uh, God said I planted it there. <laughs> And you need to know that the devil is not fighting you over where you are. The devil is fighting you over what you shall be. He is fighting you over what you're on your way to. Uh, he is fighting you over what you're getting ready to come into. Uh, he realized that you are going to be, hallelujah, something to be reckoned with if you ever make it uh, to where God uh, has intended for you to go. Don't let the enemy kill your seed. Hallelujah. You need to germinate that seed. You need to pray over that seed. You need to water that seed. Hallelujah. You need to speak life over that seed. Don't let the devil, hallelujah, cause you to kill or abort your seed. Hallelujah. Because God is up to something and somebody ought to give him a praise if you know that God is up to something. God has planted this blessing. Hallelujah. God has planted this blessing. God's getting ready to put you into a garden. God is getting ready to put you in the ministry. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory. And, and, and the thing you need to know is not everything is going to come up at once. I am not the man that I'll be five weeks from now. You are not the woman that you'll be five months from now. You are not the person that you'll be five years from now. And you have to be patient and don't give up and don't give in and keep the faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And understand that God has, has great things for you. But if you believe that you've got something on the inside of you that's germinating, but it hasn't come up yet, how you got to get to the point to where you don't care what the neighbor says. 
You don't care what the critics say. You don't care what the cynics have to say. Hallelujah. You don't care about public opinion. Glory to God. You're not looking for a vote of confidence. You really already know. Hallelujah. That God is up to something in your life. He has put purpose down in your heart. Hallelujah. And you can't die. You can't quit. You can't give in until you see out of you what God has placed on the inside of you because God has a purpose for your life. You may have been wandering to this point, but let's let me tell you, God has a purpose for your life. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter who feels a certain way about it. God has a plan for your life. It's not up to your feelings. Don't rely on your mood swings. God has a plan for your life. Hallelujah. I don't care who's fighting against you, who's fighting for you, who's trying to run from it, who doesn't want you to have it, who's trying to wrestle it away from you you've got to stand still uh, and see the salvation uh, of the Lord uh, somebody's got to go into spiritual warfare and fight uh, for what God uh, has on the inside of you that's power uh, hallelujah on the inside of you but you've got to fight for it You'll never have joy unless you fight for it. You'll never have peace unless you fight for it. No contentment unless you fight for it. Fight for it until you understand the magnitude and the depth of the purpose of God that he has for your life. Just let me close by saying this. People are dying for lack of being able to understand one phrase. They live their lives in defeat because they don't understand that God created us because he had a purpose and a plan. They are making mistakes because they don't understand that God has a plan for their lives. They're killing each other in the streets. They're spending lifetimes in prison. They're being satisfied with just getting by, just getting high, being pacified in sexual activity. But Lord, help me to align my purpose with your purpose so that we're not fighting against each other. I finally went to the Lord and said, Lord, you know I'm a dummy. And so I need you to keep stuff simple for me. Make it plain, make it clear. Because if you don't, I'm going to screw it up. Make me know that you have a purpose and a plan for my life. I realize you're not going to share the full set of blueprints with me. But just from time to time, give me a commercial. Just to keep me going. Show me some advertisement that lets me know that I am on the right track. I've tripped over my own feet long enough. I've messed up my own life long enough. I've made mistakes in my past, Lord, but help me to learn from it. Because this is a new season in my life. This is a new day. And I don't want to go another week, another month, another year with the same old attitude. Help me to walk 
in your purpose and in your plan. Place me in the place that you have already prepared and dressed up for me so that I'll be content and so that I'll work to make my calling and election sure. Would you stand all over the building? I want to pray. Thank you for your attention. I want to pray for everyone, but I want to pray specifically for, for fathers because many times we don't realize as fathers, as the men of God, that we are the spiritual point man in our families. Sometimes God has to remind us that if your family is going to make it, they're going to make it through you. When I get ready to cut covenant, when I come into a contract agreement, I'm looking for the man. If I can't find a man, I'll use a woman, but I'm looking for the man. And he takes me all the way back to Adam when he had made covenant with Adam. He had made promises to Adam. And so when things went awry, he didn't go looking for Eve. He went looking for... And there's a tendency, if we're not careful, to run away from our responsibility. There's a tendency, if we're not careful, to blame somebody else. The woman that you gave me. Adam blamed two people. The woman that you gave me rather than taking on the responsibility and so I want to pray because it is you really that's under severe attack it's the enemy he wants you glory to God and if he can wipe you out he can just kind of have his way but we're the defense we're the ones that need to be fighting for family, fighting for church, fighting for our place in God so that others coming behind us will have safe passage without heads. Gracious Father, we come before you with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the time that you have afforded us to be able to share. God, we pray even now, God, that a rhema word will be will have been executed on today. God, a word of encouragement, a word that would build us up. Realize, oh God, that you have to make some things plain to us so that we can understand, God, the treasure that's on the inside of each and every one of us. God, we thank you for choosing us, for placing us, oh God, in a place of safety, in a place in a culture of growth and development, Lord, so that we might ultimately become who it is that you have called us to be. So we pray, God, you continue to take the lead, take control, have your way in the name of Jesus. Cause your power of the Holy Ghost, oh God, to be realized in each and every one. God, you've given us this ministry and you've given us power and authority over the enemy. In the name of Jesus, enable us, O oh God, to exercise it, to use it, 
oh God, to, to nurture it so that it might fester and grow on the inside of us. And then certainly, God, we pray, oh God, that you would prepare us in such a way that you can release us, release that thing out of us. God, to be a blessing to the world as well as a blessing to each and every one of us. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray for every family, oh God, that's represented here on today, every father, that you would grant us, God, the power, the authority, the passion, the passion, the patience, the love that's necessary, God, to fulfill our purpose and your plan in the name of Jesus. If you do these things, God, we'll be careful to give your name the glory, the honor, and all of praise. God, there might be someone that's watching right now, Lord, that's here, that doesn't know you in the pardoning of their sins. God, we ask, Lord Jesus, that you'd reach, oh God, reach them, reach their hearts in the name of Jesus. Give them to know, Lord, that they, if they would just ask for you to come into their lives, Lord Jesus, God, that you would do it. You said in your word, hallelujah, glory to God, that, that it, we confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead. We shall be saved. We pray, God, that someone that's watching, someone that's here, God would certainly reach out to us. Let us know, God, that this is what they desire, that we might have opportunity to minister more effectively to them. God, for this, God, we'll give you praise. We'll continue to work the work of him that has called us, oh God, while it is day. In Jesus' name we pray. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody give God praise. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Would you have your seats just for a moment? I know we're just a little bit over, but I want to take the opportunity before we dismiss, man, to open up the doors of Tabernacle of Praise Church. Man, if you're here, you're saved, you'd like to be saved. Thank you for listening today. If you want to learn more info about our church, visit us on our website at www.topchurchlv.com. We hope this message encouraged you to know you can live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us next week for another sermon to uplift your spirit.